because we just live in echo chambers on the internet. How did the greatest tool for or like communicating devolve communication so much? I've been thinking about this a lot. Yeah. And it's a uh, it's definitely unfortunate. The greatest tool for communication being taken from us by social media. Yeah, it's bad. Like we got the internet. Yeah. And now we just communicate really poorly and you can't emote either. What's emote? Like uh make uh, facial expressions like you can't tell someone's tone when they're talking to yeah. you so like if you say something controversial or uh, politically charged and then somebody makes a comment and you perceive it as snide if it's like a question every time somebody else makes that question you're just going to assume that they're being an asshole but maybe they're just asking a question and this is like such a big piece of human interaction that we just lose yeah, over the internet we, yeah we have to be able to trust what the person is saying and understand what the person is saying I mean, if we're completely having different conversations and we're posturing towards every single thing the other person says, they don't actually get to communicate what they need to communicate. And it's unfortunate. It's really bad. <laughs> it's just not what I want at all. <laughs> um, all right. Well, so we will touch back on that. But uh, we are in for the Junkyard Love podcast. Spencer Hicks, welcome aboard again, my friend. So um, we got Spencer on again today. Spencer is someone who him and I will be having many conversations regarding... I don't know, just the exploration of consciousness and life and everything that comes with it and how to take care of this meat pot as you do so on the way, all these things. But so <clears throat> I have one live conversation with Spencer. It's great. I enjoyed it. It was awesome. But we actually recorded last week. We're going to try to do as often as we can, once a week, every two weeks, whatever. But uh, the conversation went, it was total butthole. Uh, and we were both texting each other afterwards like, hey, how were you feeling on that? And we're both like, it sucked, I suck, let's delete it. So what we're doing here is, um, <clears throat> the reason why I bring this up is because, no, I'm not going to post it, but I think that the importance of failing out loud is something that I want to keep prevalent on this podcast. Um, I, I think just being honest about like sometimes I'm not the best host Sometimes, like I, I've only done fifteen of these damn things. I'm not a, I'm not a podcast host. Like I didn't go to podcast hosting school, you know. And 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 also my guests, when they come on, they're not claiming to be professionals of anything. Like last time, I, I was kind of questioning Spencer as if like, okay, so what can you tell me about the supplement industry? You know, like he's some sort of genius about it. And so, <clears throat> anyway, I just want to round out that I'm just a DJ, audio engineer, person with an, I don't know, intricate life with a different aspect that people seem to, to like to listen to sometimes. So I'm not claiming to be any expert. Um, if my guests are experts on things, I'll include that in the comments. But otherwise, we're just we're just having conversation. And uh, I don't know, I, get, I just want to clear that, Spencer, because I, I feel like I last time I kind of put the pressure on us to like be like, okay, man, first within the first 10 episodes, we got to explain to people this, and then we got to know, they got to know what enlightenment is, and they got to know what supplements they should take every day, and what morning routine, and middle of day routine, and end of day routine, and all the times in between. We got to make that all pristine and perfect for everyone. So anyway, I'm just don't want to overthink things so today spencer and i though we may touch on some more serious subjects we are just here to hang out and talk because spencer hicks i love you man and i'm glad that you're you're in my life so just as friendship i appreciate you and i'm glad to have you here on this conversation that doesn't really need to be that complicated yes i love you too jacob and i actually <laughs> would like to touch on all of those things but what i learned from failing was that 
I don't take myself seriously at all. I'm literally just a guy that thinks sometimes. Mm -hmm. And then trying to sit down and just take yourself really seriously because, like, oh, I got to help people. Like, I got information that will be helpful. But it just did not. Like, it just is not naturally how I go about communicating. It felt very contrived. Yeah, it's funny. We do that to ourselves. We think we're like, okay, I need to show up as this person. But what you got to do is show up as you in that situation. You don't have to be a certain type of person to to just communicate an opinion or, or communicate something that you have learned. Like you don't have to, to, to give someone a little bit of info on neuroscience, you don't have to be a neuroscientist. I mean, claim where you're at, of course, but yeah. So anyway, man, I'm just glad to, uh, to have the bullshit sesh with you. Yes, of course. Just a good banter. Yeah, so um, let's just... See what I can pull out of my butt to throw at you. If there was a zombie apocalypse at this moment while we're filming this, we get a little we get a little notification, an Amber Alert on our phone, and it says, listen, there's zombies everywhere. That shit's real. It's happening. It's probably going to reach your town within 10 hours. What's, what's, your, what's your prospect? What are you doing here? Oh, we definitely got to go get enough food to survive. So my thing with the zombies is that, so if your body requires cellular energy, they're eventually all going to die because they haven't eaten enough after, like, the people-to-zombie ratio wears mm. off. So if we can just wait. Okay, but what about the ones in I Am Legend where they went to the dark and they seemed to, like, kind of hibernate? Almost, right? They, they were like, remember they'd be in those huddles? Mm-hmm. Did you watch that one with Will Smith? Mm-hmm. Yes, I did. Yeah, what, what would that be, though? Oh, I don't know. What if there was those ones? I'd probably just die, dude, honestly. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I'd probably just get eaten alive. I think that I would pretend to be a hero. Like, I'm close enough to Mount St. Helens <laughs> that I would be like, I'm going to drive up there and I'll solve this. And I'll be like, I don't know, I'll have like some sort of essential oils book trying to combine it with like something I read from Sam Harris trying to figure out some cure for cancer. Mm-hmm. We could do sure. the classic, get a pointy stick and find a cave with one entrance and just caveman it out. I mean, that's kind of what we're doing as a society anyway, mm-hmm. right? We're just going right back to the tribalism thing. Yes, just got to find a group of people that you trust to stab zombies with and... Uh, Yo, hey, in life, if there's one thing you learn from this podcast, it's just find a group of friends to stab zombies with, yes. you know? If you really think about it, that's how you should choose your friends. Like, hey, this person, like, they're cool. They have all these things on social media. It's cool. They have a cool car. They like this cool music. But if there was a zombie apocalypse, would they be the most annoying piece of shit ever? Would they suck? Would they get me killed? Would they kill my sister? Like, you got to think of these things. So I think in life, you should probably just find people you'd be chill with killing zombies with. Yes. Like, how are their survival adaptations? Yeah. Yeah. Are they, like, big and strong? Are they going to get away quick? Are they, like, going to eat my food when I'm out looking? So that's why you That's why you do the bodybuilding. Yes. So you hang out with you hang out at the gym. So this Just to strangle zombies and find new friends to I, do that with. I honestly anticipated that entirely. Yeah. I think that... I think that honestly, if there was some sort of zombie, so even let's just say there's some sort of like catastrophic or even like the economy collapses, something just to where where there may be some sort of like brawls or some real surviving that needs to happen. I think that a lot of our, a lot of our society would be incapable. Like, I don't know how the hell I would really like the insaneness of, okay, well, the world as we know it is gone. Like say the internet shut down, electricity shut down. We'd be so fucking helpless. Oh, dude. What I was we do? driving home from Thanksgiving, and I was just, like, looking out the window thinking about how fragile society is. Like, all our human constructs are just so fragile. Like, even, like, your own mind and sense of being. Like, everything involved with us is just, like, so close to collapsing. So the inversion curve, or, yes, I think that's what it is, inverted. No, the yield curve inverted. So it's, like, signaling that the stock market's going to crash. 
it's like who what like this is just this is a terrible <laughs> system that nobody really knows how to operate unless you're in it and then we just it could just not work all of a sudden every 10 years and then everyone has to deal with it well and and we're also just like well okay they're like it's not working we're like okay like really they're like they're just doing whatever the fuck they want and we're just like our strings are being pulled it's so funny shayla and i watched that uh uh explained on netflix last Mm -hmm. night we watched the one on diamonds Mm -hmm. have you seen that oh no but i do know a lot about this for the Oh, do you? Uh, yes. Yeah, so essentially you probably know that it's like the value of diamonds, like the inflation of these diamonds over these diamonds, all these things. It's all it's all a marketing, you know, it's uh, De Beers, the company. Yes. Anybody can watch this thing on Netflix. So in the, in the 1920s, they actually pushed a huge, so they own 95% of the diamonds in the world, this one company. And diamonds are intrinsically worthless. They make most of them now. Yeah, now. Yeah. So they pushed like an engagement ring advertisement and then they made it a societal norm to get engagement rings you have to buy two rings and that propaganda was so strong that you could explain this to your significant other and they'd be like yeah it's still like both please yeah well i mean that's kind of how it is still i mean we 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 say like man that's crazy and then our next sentence is like yeah see what one though yeah like you know you can know all of these things you can know the history of it and like this is obviously just a scam you're getting scammed out of money for this rock is not worth more than a car but you're still going to buy both rings because that's societal norms. And that is the most powerful ad campaign of all time. Well, here's the thing is, is we got to look at these things. So when I first started, like, I don't know, when I first started, like, discovering, like, oh, man, that, that thought was put there by society standards or this thing that I do. Like, I don't really want to do that. That's just, you know, when I first started, I don't know, I guess I guess thinking about all this stuff, it was like I was mad. I was like, what the fuck? Like, they're lying to us, all these things. But then, I don't know. I feel like the more you learn about the whole thing, it's like, you got to just do what you can in your small little corner. Like, you're so insignificant in this whole thing at first, right? Like, you got to, I don't know. I, I, I was so mad, but then I was like, man, I don't know how I would run a society, though. Mm-hmm. Like, what the fuck? Could you imagine, like, all these people who are here, and then you're like, well, we should probably name stuff. Well, so that's a tree. And they're like, what about the ground connected to it? And you're like, no, 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 they're separate. Like, we started naming things, and then we started to have it have some sort of society, and, and culture grew into what it was. It's just so havocal and so broad that anyway, what we started talking about with this was zombies. So society has our brains so <laughs> fucked up. Sorry, full circle. Our society has our our brains so fucked up that we have these levels of like truths and like thoughts that are so close to just making us just all insane and Mm -hmm. and dissociate completely from who we think we are like that alone just the thoughts but like if electricity went out and so an internet went out we would implode we would just turn into pieces of dust and we would say we would be like peter parker just floating away i don't know man do you do you know how to forge food no because i don't i don't know not even a little bit yeah there's a gas cone near near my house and they have you know whatever snacks i need so you know you know that you're fighting people at the gas station yeah, you I'm not going to get gas. You don't go over there and just get, all right, well, it's apocalypse. Let me just wait in line to get gas. That'll happen for 30 minutes. You, you see it when, like, a uh, home sports team wins and everyone just goes <laughs> ravenous and starts flipping cars. Like, that's not that's a good thing that happened. Think about it, something bad happened. People just, de- we just devolve into cavemen so fast. You know what's crazy is we we see stuff like that, right? So, so I so we would see so okay example uh, Philly they won the Super Bowl last year or the year before whatever it was oh, dude I don't I don't watch sports ball yeah but but sports ball they won the thing and 
what happened like it was like that like there was people going crazy flipping cars like i, I don't know if there's exactly flipping cars there was just craziness no. in the streets I they always flip cars but we see it and we're like what that's so insane they're crazy but then we don't see the same things that we do we're all just a bunch of crazy ass apes who when you give us too much of a certain thing mm. alcohol excitement crowds loud music excitement competition mm-hmm. more alcohol whatever like we just we turn into like just swinging our fucking fists in a circle we're just like it's so rambunctious but we don't we kind of see it as like oh they're crazy doing that thing but we don't see that us as individuals we all have our own little bit of monster apeness that we kind of have to oh yeah there's a monster inside all of us definitely yeah well you get that big mob mentality it's like okay somebody threw a chair oh Mm -hmm. that's there's like a garbage on fire and everyone starts getting riled up then all of a sudden you're standing on top of a flipped burning car while people are screaming and fighting in the streets just because your hand egg team won (laughs) well crowds are interesting i think uh, this is something that I actually did want to talk with you, Spencer. So we have been both um, fans of electronic music for a long time. We've been, we've been both going to a lot of like music festivals, a lot of um, concerts. A lot of people call them raves. <laughs> just, I mean, that's just that we, we can we can cover that. Up. We can we can explain that terminology too. But uh, I was talking with somebody the other day, and I want to talk to you about it because as you get older, as you you grow up in the EDM crowd, like. Me as a DJ, when I was younger, like 18 or 19 or something, I went to my first show and it was Rusco and I knew nothing about it, but it changed my whole life. And so I'm like, at that show, I was like hammered. Mm-hmm. I was front row. I was I was bumping into everybody. And for those next two years, I was like rage. I wanted to touch everybody, which is not like me. I wanted to just like bump into everybody and just dance around. That's what I mean by touch everybody. Meet <laughs> everyone, get everyone's Snapchat. <laughs> right, that's yeah. it. But, uh, but so anyway, so over the years though, so that's when I was a young kid. Over the years now, I'm 28. Um, I've, you know, kind of watching from an aerial view of what I did as I got older at shows. I've always still gone to shows. I go to different ranges of shows, but I still love electronics, music, festivals, these different things. I started like... Like, I was kind of back farther, right? Like, a few years after Rage and I was up front, I was loving this certain kind of music, and I was kind of backed up a little bit. And I didn't want to be touched so much. I don't want to be in the mosh pit. And I started backing up a little bit more. And so as the years go on, you kind of start to back up from the crowd of electronic music, of the, like, I'm, I'm saying, actually, at the shows. Like, you're, you're farther away from the stage. And now I'm to the point where it's like, give me a balcony and a beer and a chair and I will see, you know, anybody. There's certain times where I'm like, let's just dance. If Shaylee wants to dance, I'll try to get, get out and dance too. But, um, and then, so, so I feel like I've kind of observed all these different sorts of people because at all these stages of a crowd, there's different people, different personalities, there's different layers, right? Um, and I think that honestly, mob mentalities are are similar. These different layers of people, I think there's a lot of branch of, of interesting subjects there. Um, but but anyway, I, I'm at the point now where I've been in the crowd, but I've also been on the reverse. I've been DJing of these large crowds. And mm-hmm. I'm an observing human. I'm a chameleon. I like to fit into wherever I'm at. So I feel like I have like firsthand reporter, I don't know, bird's eye view from every spot in the crowd of, of a festival and, and all these things. So And, and I feel like you, just knowing you, uh, over the years, like I feel like you have slowly probably drifted back towards with me. Um, I feel like maybe you are always a bit more towards the back type of person. But uh, I don't know. I want to talk about maturing through 
but 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 still enjoying every second of music in, in festivals um, and then maybe if we if you want to touch on like the crowd differences in between so it's funny because when I got into it I was 18 and I just became friends with your group of friends and mm-hmm. you're four year five years older than I am so was going with Tyler and we just stayed in the back I like I don't like being touched Mm-hmm. I don't like people around. I'll, I like to thrash around and like have a lot of space, and I don't like people like standing in front of me. Yep. I don't like to be jostled. I just want to be left alone. Tell him. No. But I've gone up there, and it's just incredibly claustrophobic, and I can't center in on the music because I want it. Being at a concert is actually a very it's a very social thing, but it's violently intimate because it's just like you are just looking at this one person performing, and this mm-hmm. crowd will disappear. But if I'm constantly being pulled out of that, it will ruin my experience. Absolutely. Because I can't focus. So I just like to be in the back. But There's a different dichotomy of people in the crowd. Though. There's, you know, I don't know if it's half and half, but there's some people who are there to talk to you and hang out with your friends, which, cool, awesome. There are some people who are there to just, please let me just stare into this screen space in front of my eyes for one hour. So there's also that you have to deal with wherever you're at in the crowd. Yes. And people, get, people go to get belligerent a lot, and those people are in the crowd's. And they're just hard to deal with. They're incoherent. They're mm-hmm. bumping into you. Man, I was that guy when I was seventeen. So I mean, so was I for a little bit. Yeah. I mean, because you just get, I was, was you so just get re- fun. Yeah, it's super fun because you just get really drunk and then yeah. you just like are not aware of your space. And there's people egging you on. You bump into a dude and he goes, and you go, dude. That's like the most. We're so excited to be able to have a place where we can do that. That that's crazy. I will say it was very transformative and who I am now because it's led me to just. Not actually conform to any social norms at all and just kind of look at everything and like, hey, we can do whatever we want. Like, we, yeah. do, we just get to go to this festival and just be crazy apes for a while and like yes. dancing and chant and stomp and just not, just like completely lose all inhibition. It's something that, it's got to be pretty important. Obviously, through rituals and stuff, mm-hmm. you know, they've always done it. They've always had, I, I don't really know how that how that would work like you know what what tribes you could say that did these rituals and dances and stuff mm-hmm. but I know that even at home man there's sometimes where I'll just smoke a nice big J and I'll go in the backyard with bare feet and just dance around like a dummy and just kind of do some I've told you about the Zen swing that I do mm-hmm. moves the cerebral fluid in your spine which you like to talk about we talked about that last time uh, but uh, dude it just it just feels right I feel like it is although I don't entirely condemn just getting blacked out drunk and in running around with your fists out at a at a rave but there is something that is super primitive about it we're like yes this feels crazy good Mm -hmm. and i think so all these like old rituals like these tribal rituals there's always a mono tempo banging of the drums and edm is like that it's Mm. just very drum heavy it's very um rhythmic it's just the whatever the bpm is there's a drum line that goes to that and that goes to every song so you almost get entranced to these things right and like as the day goes on and you get a little more tired and like you just slowly boil down who you are especially if it's like day three of a festival mm-hmm, and everyone mm-hmm. is like on autopilot you just get yeah. this real real caveman ape behavior where everyone's like chanting around doing weird stuff like it just though you will witness the weirdest things if you go to an edm festival and you're just so okay with it oh it's wonderful oh it's great it makes you feel very whole i mean i i actually haven't been to burning man but i imagine that burning man is like the ultimate example of, of what we're talking about but there's so many festivals that it, it makes you it reminds you of like what's really going on here in life really i mean i know a lot of people like if you don't know much about like the the edm rave scene and you see it from the outside i get that it looks insane but it's i mean it kind of is but it's great oh it totally is <laughs> yeah. it's supposed to be is the thing it's supposed to be exuberant and loud about it certain things but it's it's when you're in it and you let yourself 
be in it and that's an important thing going there taking pictures of people like making fun of people saying yourself as as separate than them being too cool whatever you don't really get the experience yeah, right and, and you're the one losing too if you can yeah. the moment you get to let go mm-hmm. and just flail around yeah because i think that when you stop dancing singing and chanting is when you lose your your inner child Right. And this is like the greatest expression of that. You just go with everyone you love to this thing away from everywhere. It's like mm-hmm. in the most beautiful spots. You get to see the sunset and you just oh, 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 <laughs> jump and dance around, thrash your body. And I will just, well, and I've found myself just dancing all the time now from it. Mm-hmm. And I've just always, ever since then, really like sunk into music a lot more. Like I save all my really aggressive music because that's what I like, the really aggressive mm-hmm. EDM just for the gym. And I was like be dancing around, not paying attention to anyone. And it just is such a, it's a way more enjoyable if you can just not yeah. allow other people and what they think to right. dictate what you do, because you will enjoy yourself a lot more. Well, and the more you do that, the more that it, that it trains you to do that later. So like, I mean, being self-conscious is a huge thing, especially like at, at shows when you're like kind of fucked up and you're trying to dance around, but then all of a sudden you have this self-conscious like, man, people are looking at you, you look kind of drunk and sloppy. I mean you're going to start getting self-conscious and not have a good time. So training yourself to not care what other people are doing, even if you're just at the gym, even if you're just waiting in line at the fucking, at the DMV, whatever. Dance around if you feel like it. And it's great. Once you, once you get to the point where it's like, man, fuck it. I I just don't care. I don't care what anyone thinks. Like I'm just going to do me and I'm going to have the best time I can. Like it, your life is just so much more enjoyable like that. Yeah. It's like who gives a shit what other people think? They don't even know you. How are you going to let them judge you and I it know. affect you? You're you're defending something that they don't know about you that they think they know about you, but it's not actually true. What? Yeah. Why would you do it? The only people I ever let their opinion affect me is people that are close to me and that I also respect. Because it's like, okay, you know who I am, and if you have something critical to say, I really respect that. But if like Joe at the gym is like, hey, why are you dancing around? Well, you know, eat shit, Joe. Like <laughs> I don't know what to tell you, dude. <laughs> Why don't you relax, Joe at the gym. I, I feel like inevitably everybody just has someone in their mind that just popped in for Joe at the gym. People are just so rigid. Yeah. Just relax. Just relax. That was us last podcast. Just all tense. I just wasn't all there though. Really, as I was just like, oh, I'm being a bad host and whatever. It's so funny. We we do that to ourselves. I felt uh, okay because all the information we're talking about, I actually do understand to a really high degree. Right. But I've never. It's always in small morsels that I get to like leak out to people, mm-hmm. like when I'm training, like oh go down this rabbit hole, tell them about like metabolism. But to sit down and like step by step explain all the scientific research that I'm aware of and right. uh, that I didn't prepare for, because I'm like, oh, I know this. Of course I can do this. Uh-huh. I was so incredibly overwhelmed. It almost felt like an out-of-body experience. Because I'm like, oh, God. Well, okay. It's but- like boiling inside. And we also didn't really get in a headspace to do it. Yeah, we we had a disruption before. Critical failures. It's, it's okay. It's so weird how that happens. But uh, I, I mean, I will say though, you didn't fail at anything. Like, it's not like, I mean, I glanced back through the conversation. It was good. It, it wasn't mm-hmm. exactly what we had wanted. But I think that a lot of the times we, we question if we're the ones who should know anything. Mm-hmm. We have this. Imagine if you're talking about like glycogen. You're going off about it. But you kind of like misstep and you say one thing incorrectly. Well, someone in the comments who is a fucking glycogen master is going to try to rip you apart or mm-hmm. say that you're an idiot. Um, but what I will say that this space like my podcast, um, where I'm trying to put it, like on YouTube, I have noticed, not the social media thing, not Facebook, not Instagram here, but the comments are like, hey man, thanks for trying to explain that. It seems like you got a little confused with glycogen and whatever, you know, like the the comment section. So I'm, it, it's encouraging. I'm pointing out that it's encouraging because I think that um, 
I don't want to go through and be deleting a bunch of these. You know, mm-hmm. I think that like even if we're fucking up, even if I'm not the best host, even if, um, you know, like maybe I'm I'm out of medication that day or you know whatever. I don't know. The other person is maybe. I, I think that just being truthful and talking about things that we do know about, um, and then just having it open. Like, hey, if we messed up, um, we're we're trying to be honest and, and truthful. Just write it in the comments. Let's have a conversation or hit me up. Let's actually talk more in depth. We can even bring it back up on next podcast. But we're just a couple of fucking dudes. But um, you are pretty damn smart, Spencer. I will say, there is many things that we text about that are just profound, and there's many things that we do kind of dance around. Mm-hmm. Um, but there, there are some others that I think you would be great at expressing and, and really teaching people. So, let's say, hovering above the word health, mm-hmm. you're you're very you're a fit man. You're very healthy. Um, I do want people to value my podcast for for their health mentally and physically. Um, is there maybe like some some broad little little information or things that you want to like dive down in and let people know about health wise? Anything you want to touch on there? There's a couple things I've been really into lately, and okay. it's uh, stress management. Stress management. Okay. What what what's stress management all about? What do you mean? So, you your master stress hormone is uh, cortisol, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of like we live such a hectic life. And we don't eat very well. Like, there's a lot of vitamins that will offset this. And, like, carbohydrates will actually lower this. That's why, like, when you get really stressed, you want to, like, panic eat or binge eat carbs. Because they are a natural balance to cortisol expression. And not sleeping enough and living too stressful of a life will cause us to drive up. And then all your body functions will not work quite as well. Your propensity to gain fat is much higher and you won't lose weight. You're going to feel tired. Uh You're going to feel very irritable. So just focusing on that. And that's why a mindfulness practice is great right. because it's the perfect temper to this. Like we, our bodies are not evolved to live the way we do live. Like the day-to-day business Certainly lifestyle. quickly. No, it's just, it's too much. It's so overwhelming and people put so much on their plate that they just have an extreme stress response all the time. And it's not everyone. Like you have two state of being. So you have sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous states. Mm-hmm. Sympathetic is like stress go compete like very just a high stress very high strung people and then parasympathetic is like mindfulness eating resting right. and you re- a lot of people are either one or the other like i'm very par- parasympathetically driven so it takes a lot for me to get like excited mm. so i don't have any problems with stress but i have the opposite problems i have a really hard time doing stuff and getting up and getting energy to do oh, things interesting okay yeah. okay so i'm very 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 mellow But most people are not like that. They're very, very sympathetically driven. Okay. So in order to just function properly, you got to drive stress down. And sleep's a really big cornerstone to that. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people neglect sleep. Um, It's something that I personally, man, I used to like, we have, with the way that our languages, especially with tools like Twitter, Mm -hmm. they take our our excuses and whatever and they kind of like, all right, let's make that cool. Let's make that part of my personality. Like so, like I would always, I would make sure everybody knows that I'm, I'm the one who like sucks at sleeping and I'm always awake. I think that a lot of people have these same sort of things like team no sleep or like whatever, uh, three coffees a day, whatever, kind of weird. Um, I think that sleep, I, I feel a lot better now that I prioritize sleep. I got off the graveyard schedule that I was on for six years, seven years, which was just ruining my life. Um, now that I prioritize sleep, genuinely, I have to agree with you so much that it's something that I was like, yeah, yeah, of course. And I would kind of brush it off. And then I would still just get four hours, get five hours. Um, eight hours is too much for me. 
but like six and a half, seven hours, I've learned what works for me. Um, and if I, I have like long meditations during the day, I actually can sleep less too. So that's another benefit of meditation. If once you get going, not at the, not at the beginning, it's a little confusing, but um, once you get a regular meditation process, you actually um, need a little less sleep in some cases. But so we talked about sleep. So um, I guess just just the mental health when it comes to being when it comes to fitness. So I think that even going to the gym when you're just like at this high anxiety level, mm-hmm. this this parasympathetic level, or, or the opposite, sympathetic, right? yeah, sympathetic. Um, so 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 what can we do? So I know that we both like Ben Pulaski, 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 B Pack, B Pack. Yeah. So so he talks about like before you go to the gym, like if you're someone who's like I need to lose weight, I'm so scared, or, or I need to get healthy, whatever. He talks about the first thing you should do is be able to have a mindful walk outside. And I remember hearing that when he was talking about that on a podcast on, I think, Tim Biley's podcast. And I was like, man, that is actually very profoundly something that I wish I would have told myself when I started my health workout journey back in the 10th grade of high school. So can we talk a little bit about that? Um, what's What would being able to go for a mindful walk do for someone trying to, trying to go to the gym? Well, just mindfulness in general actually does refer back to just lowering stress hormones and just kind of getting into a more parasympathetic state. So let's say you have a bunch of levers like that will change your body if you pull them. So it's like, okay, remove food, add training, like all of these things. If you, you have got a master lever, mm-hmm. which is sleep and mindfulness and like keeping your stress hormones low. And when you don't do that the other two levers are not going to work when you pull them so your body's just not going to respond to any of these things if you don't just set it right in the first place right so it really does all start with the centering of the self huh it's very important yeah it definitely is so what do you okay so somebody who yeah that's super true when you go outside so let's say go outside and go for a walk before you go to the gym Mm -hmm. you go outside and you'll notice that you're, I think walking, going for a walk with no headphones or no uh, music mm-hmm. putting in, I think it'll be enough there to realize like, oh, maybe I am like a little more anxious. Maybe my thoughts are actually thinking about all these things. I'm thinking about all these things I should do. I'm thinking about why am I going on a walk? I don't have all this time, blah, blah, blah. So just by going on a walk, I think is where you're able to gauge where you're at, at least. Mm-hmm. You can, and, and you can say like, okay, as I'm doing this, as I'm going on this walk, why am I doing this? You can answer these questions for yourself in your head and you can calm yourself like, oh, okay, I am going on a walk because even though life is crazy, I do have time for this moment. I don't have to be all stressed out right mm-hmm. now because I think that we take that to the gym. We take, we're like, okay, I have an hour. I need to perform for the hour. I need to show up, all these things. But I, I think that, the way that an advanced athlete trains is very, very different than the way a person who just got into the gym who's trying to get healthy or is just trying to live a healthy life mm-hmm. trains. Yes. Because, well, performance is inherently not healthy. Like there's a slider like or a spectrum, and it's not training, unhealthy, and then right in the middle is like I'm training for wellness. Like I just want to maintain muscle, maintain my body weight. Or even like lose some and just like just be generally healthier and then you get to performance where you're trying to put as much muscle on as possible, be faster, stronger, bigger every day. And that is also not healthy. Not saying don't do it. Like if that if this brings you a very large sense of accomplishment just to see changes in your body, do that. Just be aware that there's going to be a toll that is paid in other right. places. But I, I think people when they when they first start, they go off on those journeys thinking that they need to do one of those two things. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, yeah, of course. You wanna I want to have the abs. I want to be yeah. big burly man, but well, 
I mean, those a lot of these things for a lot of people aren't like quote unquote possible with the lifestyles they're living. So it's like I want to have all these things, but I also still want to be able to work my job and, and enjoy my time with my dog and my like. You can't be shooting for goals of abs when it doesn't fit your lifestyle if you're not willing to to switch around the lifestyle. So I think it's kind of silly. Like we're, I think that so many people don't know a goddamn thing about health, and. Who wants to admit that we know nothing about our own body that we've been walking around in for almost thirty years, you know? And and uh, we we just had a conversation earlier about um, you know even the the disadvantage from young people and old people. Old people, you know, who who wants to? Old people is a huge generalization here, right? <laughs> but old people, who wants to? You know, listen to some twenty-year-old kid who's telling you about your workout plan or you about your whatever. Because everything that you learned in high school like is, is different now. And it's not really, we've kind of uncovered some more things about it. I don't know. I think that being able to be told that you're wrong in, in the health world is a huge fucking thing. It's a huge thing that needs to happen. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, wh- what, else, what else can we dance around with in newbies going into the health Oh, world? don't get married to any ideas, please. Yeah. Dogmatism ruins fitness. Oh, I'm a keto guy. Oh, I'm I'm this, I'm that. Because you have such an individual biology and genetic makeup mm-hmm. that just because it looks good and the person that talks well on the Instagram does this doesn't mean that it's going to work really well for you yeah. because you have your own bioidentity. So, if, yeah, of course, if that works for him, you would think it would work for you, but it's not a one-to-one. We're not right. even close to the same. You're not them. And that's fine. And that's okay. You just need to not get married to anything and mm-hmm. just treat all of this like a big science experiment. Like, yeah, hey, let's try things out. Yeah, yeah, small variables, change them. Okay, how did I respond to this? Uh, did I respond well? Okay, let's keep doing that. And then slowly find the foods that like you, not the foods that you like. Find the exercises that like you, not the ones that you like. And figure Ooh, yeah, out like what that, yeah. you what you respond well to and then what you like. Do, do you think that the way that our society is, we have a little trouble feeling allowed to analyze ourselves in such ways? Like it's like sometimes I feel like the doctor is the only one who could tell me about my health. You know what I mean? Like, uh, um, in, in, if you're not this weight at this age, and you're this male or female, then you're not healthy. And so we're like, oh, well, we don't know how to control it. We don't know what to shoot for. And so we shoot at these stupid targets. I think that going back to mindfulness, going back to being mindful about your, your health and mental health, gives you the ability to say, like, oh, I can assess my own fucking body. Like, um, I, I think, you know, dance around this very carefully and don't be naive, but I think even medications. I think we we take these medications and we don't know a damn thing about them. We know only what one person told us about it and we're like, hey, what is that doing? And we say, I don't know, and, you know, read the label. It's insane to me. I think that we need to get better at trusting ourselves to listen to our own bodies in every way, um, learning about different things. Like, I, I mean, I know that I guinea pig myself more than a lot of people. I don't suggest that everybody does that if you don't have if you have a little fear on that but uh i think just trying out what works for you you know like i worked out in everybody else's ways for years and years and years um and and i i had many fitness goals uh that i that i met and that i failed at and i've been strong i've been fast i've done tons of like all these races that i really seriously enjoyed so i don't i don't like regret any of my fitness journey but i will say in the last year and a half I've completely flipped it around. Like I don't go to the gym anymore because it's not what works best for me. It's not how I feel the most healthy. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, the most healthy thing for me seems to be laying on the carpet doing yoga for 15-minute increments in between working on the computer all day. Mm-hmm. So I think that 
learning about your body in every way is one of the more important things and in, in mindfulness obviously helps with that yeah you are the proud pilot of a meat vehicle just like yes. all of us and i feel like it's everyone's duty to themselves to just understand one on a utilitarian level how biology actually works mm-hmm. like you need to just have a baseline idea of how these things interact with your body why you're doing them like everything you do must have some kind of purpose or goal or you will Absolutely. never be able to actually see if it's working like this is a very bad science experiment if you don't have an end goal in mind and then also don't let doctors tell you what's best for you right like you have the internet go use it okay but but people are going to hit up the internet and they're going to web md the first thing that comes up is going to tell them they have colon cancer and they're going to be terrified don't do that actually uh if you have any fitness questions, message me on Instagram. <laughs> I promise that what I've tried to do is have the most nuanced opinion that I right. physically can and take everyone into consideration uh-huh. as much as I possibly could. Right. Because it's, it's never a yes or no answer. It's always an it depends answer. And you right. just must try these things. And it would be a shame if you go through your whole life and you just never feel like feel what's best for you. You never try the things that right. are the best. Because what if there's like – so you have – like a board of buttons and those are you and you only push a couple your whole life uh-huh. you're just pushing a couple buttons but you hit like 70 and you push another one you're like oh that's my favorite button uh-huh. well you fucked up because yeah, you didn't bro. push all the buttons dude yeah, you could hit that at 69 and that'd be way funnier yeah go try stuff see go what works for you stuff. and failure is not a thing because you learn something yo i couldn't imagine not pushing all the buttons i'm such a button pusher i mean this analogy is carrying to every single corner of my life to be as a person but i love just like I couldn't imagine just not trying all these things out. I think that, isn't it so crazy that we're so, it seems like fear is the word, like scared is the word, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, you know, like you and I are, are people who explore our bodies and we, we learn about these things. Like we, we were just talking about nootropics. Um, but why is it, do you think that so many people are like scared? Is that the word? I don't know. what You know what I'm talking about here? Like people really don't want to know anything about their body. It's almost like the fear of knowing that this thing could be bad mm-hmm. is enough for them to just completely avoid it. Right? Yeah, but, okay, it's comfort. It just comes down to comfort. Okay. We the, de- the devil you know is always better than the one you don't. Can we talk about that uh, primitively, too, like uh, evolutionary-wise? Can we talk about why we do that, comfort? Yeah, because why, if why you're, is comfort good? if you're currently surviving now, what's the, what's the biological incentive to do other stuff? Because it could risk your life. Right. So... The caveman brain doesn't want to just like go out and try a bunch of shit because it's like, hey, we're surviving now. This feels good. This is comfortable. That's why uh, like very dogmatic beliefs are really people love them. Like they get really into like veganism. So fucking dangerous though. Oh, most certainly because they are devoid of nuance. Yeah. And you allow if you allow an ideology to become a part of you, if people attack it or talk to you about it, it's an attack on you, and you no longer can see something with nuance. Right. So if you get, oh, I'm team this, I'm team that, real real deep into these camps, you just have basically shut yourself off from any new ideas. And that is just philosophical suicide, and you just should not do that in any facet of life, not even just health in general. Yeah, I mean, noticing that you're doing those things is, like, super important, and it's actually incredibly a, a lot easier. Like, it, it becomes, like, so that's something that... It, you know, it's like, wait, how would you do that? How do you just become more self-aware of what the heck you're doing and pitching in on other people's ideas and stuff? But Just, just start questioning everything. Yeah. Learning every about yourself. Everybody life. Start questioning everything. Why do I do this? Why do I take this? Mm-hmm. Why do these people do this? Uh-huh. Like, what are their goals? What are my goals? Like, what do I really want? Like, you need to ask yourself all these questions. And mm-hmm. then if you can build a more concurrent worldview mm-hmm. and then approach health with, like a like, a stronger sense of, 
who you are and what you want, you could probably navigate a lot better because you have more of a baseline. But you must never forget that new ideas are important. And even bad ideas, you must learn from them. Of course. I mean, I, yeah, but I, I think that you, if you don't have a target that even exists, you're definitely not going to hit it, you know? So I think that learning learning anything and just trying it, you mm-hmm. know, try it out. Don't, just, don't, don't do anything. So don't be like, I wonder what steroids are like and, like, and just put like a needle into your arm. If they, but learn about it. Learn about whatever the hell you want. Learn about what's going to work for you. Boy, you have the internet. You got the internet. We have unlimited wisdom. Ninety percent of it's shit, though. So actually, learn how to research. Yeah. So, so take that's your even, time. Man, being alive is so complicated with this world. So that's even another step back from what we were just talking about. If you want to do this, then you must do this. Then you must do this. But before that, you need to learn how to use the internet. So learning how to use the internet, I will tell you the ultimate life hack because Yahoo Answers people are fucking nutty. Don't get your information from Yahoo Answers people. You go to Reddit like an adult. That's what, so. So if you have um, what what is a carbohydrate? Well, that that's that's a great that's a definition that you can get very easily but if you want to really learn in depth i type in uh what is a carbohydrate reddit like mm-hmm. i i add the word reddit to my google searches because then i can kind of get a com uh, a, a conversation that in my opinion this is this is not the absolute truth please this is going to get taken on t- context and mm-hmm. my life is over but seems like a lot of reddit people are a little more intelligent than our basic Hey, I have an answer, so I'm going to give it. Or like, you know, on Amazon when it's like, hey, does this come with two AAA batteries? And someone responds, I don't know. What the fuck are you responding for then? So you have the internet is full of people who don't actually have an opinion, but they're like, well, I saw that, so I should grunt at it. Here's my keyboard (coughs) grunt. So I think learning how to use the internet, Google, just add Reddit to the end of your search, and it's going to help you at least a little bit. Dude, Reddit's the shit because it is just the front page it's, of the internet yeah well nobody it's not you're like your identity is not you you're just like a just mm-hmm. a guy there no one knows who you are your face isn't even on there your name's not on there and you have no incentive but to help these people right and then the upvote downvote system allows if you got one person that has no idea what they're talking about and nine that they that do know what they're talking about right. that is going to get downvoted to hell and you're right. like oh this is bad information like these this these people on this page that they've sought out that know stuff about this right. have decided that this is bad information so it's at least so you want to trust that of course yeah i mean i would trust it more than just the wikipedia definition of whatever you're looking at i mean yeah. that is quite literally the definition and it's probably good but it lacks nuance or any yeah. rule application well and anybody can also edit wikipedia that's actually not true that's not true no it's only some pages you know what's funny is as i was saying that i was like wait that yeah. seems like a crazy thing to say dude wikipedia is actually the shit because they have so if you're in college, use Wikipedia, don't quote it, but they have footnotes for every single source where they got these things, and you can Ooh. get all your sources from Wikipedia sources Ooh. for stuff. Very nice. So life hack. Ooh, don't copy-paste Wikipedia. Well, just use their sources. Boom. <laughs> Done deal. Yeah, it's great. Sending kids off to college. But, uh, I mean, learning how to read research is hard as shit, but it's super important because mm-hmm. most research is basically backed by corporations because it's expensive so if you can find bias and almost all studies are biased almost Uh all percentages you see on any supplement they've worked this data to make it look like this so it's bullshit so learning how to just sniff bullshit out in your life and especially in the fitness industry because there's just no there's not really an easy way it's just grit, determination, and you got to just try things for yourself. And that's yeah. hard, and that takes a long time, and people don't like it's that. It's frustrating, and you read a magazine in, in April, and it says this thing, and then in March, they completely say the opposite thing, and you're like, well, fuck, or mental health. 
contradictory information in that same magazine. Oh yeah, the next because the the page before it is trying to sell their ad, and they have these kind of statistics that really have nothing to do with the next page, but they kind of look like they do. That's how weird everything is. It's all we all think that like everything that we're fed is just supposed to be like oh this is absolute but it's just all marketing and it's just being sold to us and, and categorized and, and renamed into ways that make little bite-sized yes or no's to us yeah once you can look at the world and just see people's motivation behind selling you things mm-hmm. and then look at the numbers that they're throwing you mm-hmm. like oh you're absolutely full of shit like this is so this is just insidious that you're trying to do this to try to squeeze money out of people my one of my favorite things that's happened recently the Game Changers documentary that came out. Oh, yeah, a lot of people are mad about that. Yeah, well, it's just pretty much all empirically false and just rigged. It's just it's just not it's, it's not a documentary. It's okay, really so, so I saw a little bit about it. Um, I know that there was someone on Joe Rogan like two weeks ago or something oh, Chris right, right afterwards. Yeah, yeah he, he, he seemed to, to uh, clarify a few things for me. But do you have anything else that you want to add? So anybody who has seen this documentary, what's the name of it one more time? Uh, Game Changers. Game Changers. On, on, so, so that's something that I think we, we should definitely talk about on these things because just as much as is a lot of us get fooled by if it's on the news it must be true like mm-hmm. there's a lot of people who like you know let's say trump supporters just put them all into a bin like they like they they don't realize that hey that's not the only truth that exists in the world mm-hmm. but uh i think that we kind of accidentally think that netflix is if you think about it see so let's make sure that we're we're so netflix isn't the ultimate truth just so we're clear. Um, so let's let's clarify the documentary, Spencer. So I actually didn't really want to pick on it all the way, but there is a piece of percentage information in that documentary mm-hmm. that really displays my point very well. So it's um, a athlete, a high-trained athlete, switched to a vegan diet and in two weeks increased his output on the battle ropes by 40%. No, I think it was his bench press by 35%. Okay, so let's just break that down. That sounds super good in a vacuum, like like all documentaries that don't have opposing points. Uh-huh. Like it, there's nobody refuting it in front of you, so of course it sounds great. Yeah, because it's just but they kind of wow. place it like it's an argument against something. It's not though. No, and it's always so punchy. It's like you did this, and then this happened, and they saw these great results. But no one's like, well, actually, this is like there's no nuance to this. It's uh-huh. just exactly what they want you to hear. So if I let's say I bench press 300 pounds or 400 pounds. And I increase it by 44% in two weeks. I'll be benching over 600 pounds, a little under 600 pounds. Mm-hmm. Okay. there's You cannot switch a diet for two weeks and increase your bench press by 150 pounds. It's not possible. That's what, just not. Did they give his starting like weights? Was he just like some skinny dude? Oh, uh, he was an endurance athlete. Uh, I believe this one was a weightlifter. But oh. it's just, that's just not true you just can't do that and if you just are aware of that and look at that and you're like hey that physically can't happen it's so easy to be starstruck by percentages and like oh there's smart people telling me smart stuff i'm just gonna listen to that uh-huh. but if you just take a step back and just think about it for any amount of seconds you're like that's not possible there's just no way that that could happen well but i think also our instant gratification we we hang on to shit like that we're like wait two weeks we can do something like what is that let's mm-hmm. write that down like we have this super obsession which i mean i've always been in that same way like when i was younger i'd always take um, like like t- tons of just random supplements being sold stuff thermogenics up the butt because I want to like get this result I want to lose this weight fast oh please uh, stop taking those if you're taking those oh, by I the way I haven't for a long time I, wait actually while we touch on it though uh, what's bad about thermogenics because I used um, to so unhealthily take them thermogenics are a stimulant that supposedly increase your metabolism but your body wants to regulate itself at a set point mm-hmm. so if you if you take something to increase output of anything, your body's going to freak out and try to drive it down. Mm-hmm. So if you have 
like a month of having an elevated metabolism due to stimulants, you're going to have a rebound from that, and you will actually have a slower metabolism after. Because your body yo-yos all the time. You see with people steroids. So they take steroids, their body stops making testosterone because... They're just getting it somewhere else. Yeah, so it's like, oh, you don't need to make it anymore. Yes. Cool. So the natural ability. they get this rebound. That's why the balls get small. Mm-hmm. They get this rebound, and then when they come off, they're not making it anymore. So they get real, real big, and then they get real small, fat, and sad. Just So your body is just trying to fight everything you're putting in it to stay in this thing called homeostasis, yeah. or just like the, the set point or yeah. a normal point. And that's why Square people... One. Yes. That's why weight loss is hard. That's why muscle gain is hard. Anything other than what you are right now is hard to get to because it's your body resists change. Just in general. Well, in, 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 dude, we misinterpret the time that these things take. Like, we we genuinely, like, we don't understand the framing of how health works. Mm-hmm. We we think that, like, okay, I need to get healthy. Like, so how, how do I lose? You know, because it, what, what I'm referencing on, like, people who are so overweight that they're like, I know that this is going to take me so long. But it's, you, you have to change your look at how health works like not oh man i'm gaining weight so i need to go to the gym so i can lose that weight and then once i'm back at 150 pounds then i could just never work out again and we'll be good that's not how things work like we need to learn how everyone everyone in my opinion should have some sort of athletic movement stretching walking outside with no fucking rap music in your headphones anything i i think that the way that we see health and the way that we see getting in shape and the way that we see diets, we either don't want to attack them or we have the most unrealistic standards when we approach them that we either give up or we go for three weeks and we're like, I feel the same and I feel stressed out now. Mm-hmm. So I'm done. I think that approaching health is completely needs to be way slowed down. Yeah. If you're weighing yourself every day, stop. Yeah. Scales. Wait. Okay. Hold up. Scales are ridiculous. So, actually, if you have a good relationship with it, incredibly good empirical evidence on if it's working or not. But if you aren't exercising and aren't doing anything to increase your fitness, you should stop weighing yourself because it's just a source of pain. Yeah, if you really think. So, think about the thoughts that you think when you get on the scale and it's a bad number. And then think about what? Why the fuck would that have anything to do with (laughs) a, a number, a weight is just it's a unit of measurement that we made up like eh, here's a general like if you're around this age and this weight here but it's really not absolute like it's it's asking yourself to get mad at yourself every day it's just data with no reference point so yeah. your body is made up of way more than body fat you can gain and lose up to seven to eight pounds a day mm-hmm. in water and carbohydrates so when you eat carbs you can store 500 grams in your liver and up to 300 grams in your muscles and those carry three grams of water and then if you're eating more sodium, you're going to hold more water. And holding water is good, by the way, for the most yeah. part. Unless you are, like, bloated, like, water bloated, you got puffy face, probably, yeah. like, eat some potassium, like, eat some potatoes. But that's super short-lived, I feel like. Yeah, it just will flush. Yeah, like, don't, don't get bloated mixed with, with eating too much sodium. Yeah, but I see clients do this all the time. Like, they will weigh themselves every single day. Like, they'll go out one night, and then they'll weigh themselves the next morning, and they'll be all upset because they're upweight. Okay, but you just had a meal that's bigger than usual, so you got fecal matter, water, carbs more than you're eating so of course you're gonna weigh more they're like oh yeah i was really happy because i'm just i'm getting my weight back down after i have big meals i'm okay okay let's do the math on this so in order to gain one pound of fat you need to overeat 3,500 calories that's over three large big mac meals with a large soda that needs to be more than you're burning anyways so that would realistically you would probably if you're like a 170 pound adult male with like average muscle mass you're probably burning 2,500 calories a day just to like if you move at all 
So you got to add that on top of that. So now you would have to be, it's like 6,000 calories. You'd have to overeat 6,000 calories to gain one single pound. So when you see your weight fluctuate seven <laughs> pounds, okay, that's like 16,000 extra calories. There's no way. That's empirically impossible for you to gain that much amount of weight in right. fat. So maybe stop worrying about it. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. We, we put ourselves through these weird mental strains. I mean, I think that we really need to break out of the way that the health industry has made us think and start really taking a step back and be like, wait, why am I weighing myself? Why does that number mean anything? How do I feel? How about that? How do I feel? Yeah. Does my The way that my body is and the way that my health, my mental health affects and works one-on-one with my body, does that equal my lifestyle? Like if you're an archer and you love to play archer and you like to fucking roll around on the ground before you take your shot at the arrow, then you're not going to have a bodybuilder's workout style. You're not going to have the same exact diet as someone who works in an office all day. You have to figure out what works for your fucking lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And well, if um, they can make you feel like you're less than and need something, you'll buy stuff. That's just like a capitalist principle. they do. Like, oh, I'm less than, I don't drive a nice car, like, I don't look good enough, I gotta be a consumer and buy these things because they're gonna solve my problems. Right. It's funny because, uh, well, it's actually not funny, uh, they just won't, they're just not gonna solve your problems, like, you're, you're going to, if you would like to, and is it even a problem in the first place is also a good question. Right, well, they, they tell us that it's these problems. I, I have this a lot because I, I get a lot of people that I'll message, like, one-on-one, I mean, it gets... I, I do like a little bit of life coaching to to uh, some people that are important to me. Um, in in I feel like I have to say that a lot. It's like, what are you, what are you saying? You're failing at. What what are you saying that you need to make better here? What 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 needs to get better? You don't need to get better. Just change this thing. It's not like you're doing this thing wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. that that is a good entryway into you need to not look at failure like a fail state and like a teaching opportunity. Because when you look at all these things that you do poorly, you're going to learn way more from them than when you succeed. So when you fail, you can't feel bad about it. You must take something from this, learn a lesson, and then be better later. Or just use it as a tool. Like your life day-to-day should be aggregating data on how to just be a better you. And if you don't take failures like that, you're just going to suffer. But if you do, you're going to flourish. Right. Yes. So, and that's you see with food all the time. People beat themselves over a big meal. Man, that's life. It's gonna happen. Right. Like you need to just be able to navigate your life and just temper all of these things with some nuance. Uh-huh. Just say, of course, I'm gonna go out and have a bad meal. I mean, yeah. it's even bad. There's no good foods and bad foods. This right. is just not what's on my plan, and that's fine. And uh-huh. that that's okay. Uh-huh. You know, we're not. I'm not gonna get upset about it. We're just gonna get right back to it. We're gonna get right back to what we're doing, and I'm not gonna worry about it because this yeah. brought me joy. Right. I gotta hang out with people. I gotta be in a social setting. And that is equally as important as uh, conquering your fitness goals or whatever you want to do. Exactly. Like there's a ebb and flow to all these things. Uh-huh. And I tell people all the time when they're trying to lose weight or they want to look some way, if what you need to relinquish in your life to get to this point, like if you, the toll that needs to be paid, if it will bring you more suffering and less happiness in the end goal, maybe we should set different goals. Like if you got to if you got to give up too many things, like if you like to have a glass of wine every night, I probably don't recommend it. But if that's if that's what brings you a lot of joy mm-hmm. and your fitness goals don't align with that, maybe you should set new fitness goals if that's going to make you less happy. Right. Yeah, there's some push and pull. And, and these are also things that you can do long term. Like, you know what? Let's give myself three months of a glass of wine each night. And then at three months, let's try six nights a week mm-hmm. rather than seven. These little things. I think in, we do we do, do pretty extreme things. And that's something that I, I do extreme things because that seems to work for me. Like, I have a lot of examples where I'm like, yeah, man, I read this audiobook and ran 14 miles. Like, shit like that doesn't work for everybody. So you have to find what works for you. Like, sometimes I need to, like, just push myself. I have friends who need to be, like, yes or no, 
black or white, on or off. You got to figure out what works for you. But I think that currency is not just calories or time or even money. I mean, you you got to say like, how does this weigh out to me? Just living a healthy life in general. Mm-hmm. You can apply that to most things too. Yeah. Really, just that thought process is whatever this goal I'm gonna end up at gonna make me happier than I am now or bring me more satisfaction rather I don't Uh really want to say happiness or am I going to suffer more than usual to get here and I mean what happens when you get there that's why the end goal should never be the focal point it should be the the journey there exactly you can't ever control the end goal can you no you cannot but if you, you control how you show up in that situation if you just fall in love with the process which is like so cliche to say but that's real you will just more you are going to succeed more than you would have because mm-hmm. you know it doesn't get you through like a shitty day when you got to go work out and eat mm-hmm. like chicken breast and white rice oh i want to have abs in six months you know it does you're like hey man like this is just how i live this yeah. is what i like and i'm just this is this is what i do this is me right so if you can just be internally motivated throughout the day and then find the little things and all these things you like uh-huh. and just enjoy all these little moments that you get to have throughout right. the day because focusing on the end goal you just don't you just look past your life because you're just charging right. towards this thing. But if you can take a step back and enjoy all this stuff, even if it's not necessarily the most pleasurable thing, if you can find something to enjoy in it, you're going to get there. Yeah, because what's the point of, of getting there? If you are if oh. you miss the in-between, what's the point? The, the point of a dance, as I say, or as, as Alan Watts says, is to not to get to the other side of the room, but, but to the, enjoy the dance in between. Yes. You know, it's not who is the fastest dancer. So. And uh, I think that the consumer-based capitalist society we live in really really puts a lot of emphasis on the end and not a lot of emphasis on the the during or the journey Mm -hmm. because you're just accruing whatever you have resources money wealth fitness because you just want to get there i want the big house i want the fast car with the huge muscles and you're going to do whatever you need to to get there and you're going to put your head down but then when you fail it's a catastrophic failure right when you're focusing day to day and you are just living your life and like being present and all these yeah. things, if you fail, you just take note of it. Right. Okay, we're gonna do better tomorrow because you're not looking at the end. You're just you're just being alive. You know what? What I was thinking to round out everything we've kind of just said on on the the healthiness thing. Instead of saying, instead of looking for your end goal, instead of looking for your how do I lose this much weight in this amount of time? How do I in thirty days? How do I be this whatever? What you should do with your health is say, how do I live every day individually by itself? the happiest and healthiest that I can. And that's all. Like don't, you know, and, and, and goals help you direct these things. So maybe determine them at the beginning and mm-hmm. then be like, okay, here's what I'm shooting for in the end. But then let's let that thing fade away to like, cool, I'll, I'll check that in six months. But for now, how do I have the most healthy overall day? How do I feel the best? Because if you're going through, you know, if you want to have the best life, but you have important conferences that you need to go speak at on Tuesday, but you're also at the same time trying to get to be 4% fucking body fat. When you go talk at that conference, you're going to be a damn idiot because you are trying to starve yourself to get to these other goals. You have to balance your goals and see where they fit in your life. Yep. And there's nothing wrong with being 4% body fat. I mean, it's actually not physically healthy, but if that's what you want and that's going to bring you the most joy, man, yeah. do it. It's fucking not, though. Go for you. It's not, though. Dude. It might, though. I mean, because really? if like if people... Dude, some people are just conquerors. 4% they, body fat? And they want to just be on... That's what bodybuilders are. Okay, they just want to be on top right, of the yeah, mountain. Like, like their whole life is just to be this, mm-hmm. and this is what they want the most. And then when right. they get there, that's the ultimate satisfaction. I guess so. But that, that's... These people people it's definitely their whole life but mm-hmm. yeah part, there's nothing yeah. wrong with that but that's not for everyone yeah like and i also think that i don't want to sound like i'm being too easy on people and that they should just hold on to their vices because that's what's going to make them the happiest right 
the health getting getting to the healthy part is the important part and sometimes that is curbing your vices and learning how to live a more moderate lifestyle uh-huh. as well i mean Noticing i vices even. try to be very 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 empathetic and very lenient with people and with and always meet them where they're at but there is a certain amount of hey man no matter what you do this is not going to be optimal right it's just not which, which is hard to hear i mean you you do this very well i, I feel like you're a very empathetic person uh it, it's hard to tell people like you're doing this wrong and I think that mm-hmm. you're doing it wrong because I'm right. You know, it's hard to... I will... I always try to reassure people on how they are and how they feel and how it's okay where they're at right now because mm-hmm. I, I never want to the point where I'm like, I'm right, you're wrong, do this. I want to. Right. There has to be a play in this. Like, hey, like maybe, okay, we notice this behavior. Maybe it's not super optimal for health. Maybe let's uh, let's just find a way to maybe temper it a little bit and right. slowly, slowly change things. The slower you can change things, the better because... Even on a biological level, like your body just doesn't like big changes. So uh-huh. we can just... And you'll revert back to a lot of times. Yes. I mean, you get the, the yo-yo dieting. You, know, you drop all your calories, start eating this crazy diet, right. and then you just are so crazed for food and you've not allowed yourself to enjoy anything. You just have this pent-up like force inside of you and then you eat everything and you feel like shit and you failed and now you're depressed mm-hmm. now you've regained all your and weight you're like this is me this is who i am every time i do it it reaffirms who i am instead of looking at like hey man i got 31 days this time i'm gonna get 32 next time you know things like that we're, we're never failing that is like i guess backing up i was just saying you know doing something wrong it's not doing it wrong either it's again it's never failing mm-hmm. it's, we, we got to just keep figuring out what works for us it's just a lesson it's all just a lesson. You got if you can navigate your life and look at things and look at everything like a teaching lesson. Mm-hmm. Like I was talking to my grandparents, who I could not disagree with more in any in, in, to any more extreme degree, mm-hmm. politically, in any ideological way. And every time I so for the last six months, I really, really tried to listen to people I really disagree with and really hear them out. Not necessarily, I mean, I already know that I don't believe what they do and I feel like I have a more nuanced opinion. I know this sounds pretentious, but I genuinely feel like I've thought more about it. And I'm pretty, I'm not concrete in my beliefs, but I know that that end of it is just not, not how I feel. But I need to listen to them so I can understand how they feel so I can communicate with people like that better. Of course. And then maybe... That's a huge goal of my life. And then if we can communicate better, then maybe I can expose some of my ideas and maybe you'll take them because now we're speaking the same language mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i yeah I, I think that you know if you think about it, it's kind of what people like you and i like this is what this conversation is about i mean i i want i want to figure out how we can like stop having these stupid conversations these stupid arguments that are like hey you guys aren't actually arguing what you really think you're arguing someone else's opinion against someone else's opinion and it's because you haven't learned the correct information you haven't You've been told what you know. Mm-hmm. Yes, you haven't found it. It found you, kind of yeah. thing. Which is kind just of what is... the news has turned into. I mean, so our 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 way of truth has kind of been truth. thrown away. Truth is such a hilarious word in this setting because it's like, yeah. is there even any to find? And that's well, kind of the problem as well. Well, but uncovering that is is a, it's a shaky reality. Like mm-hmm. it really is. You know, there's a lot of people that if they really dove into that question, like, what is truth? And they started writing it down and they started exploring, like, maybe maybe some wormholes on YouTube. It's super fun. But uh, there's a lot of people who it's like, I, I don't think it would be mentally stable afterwards, almost. No. No. Probably not. But yeah. it doesn't mean you shouldn't try, though. Right. I really think that if anyone listening wants to have just a, a more round worldview, or sound worldview, rather, mm-hmm. 
just start researching about philosophy. Philosophy has always been kind of guarded behind, oh, this is for the aristocrats, this is for the educated people. Philosophy is for the working folk, the average man. Yes. Like, this is a way for you to make a cohesive worldview and then have deductive reasoning and look at things from a bunch of sides, from a bunch of opinions, and then find out how you really feel and then be able to temper results. So when other people are talking to you, you can speak with more nuance. And Uh I feel like that is what we are completely devoid of now because no one, everyone is so dogmatic. This is what Mm -hmm. I believe. I'm team this. And anything that you say because you're not on my team is just it's immediately shut down. Yeah, because I'm team this, it means that you are team this. So whatever you say, I already know that you're team that, so it doesn't matter. And what? they just completely identify with this and they can do no wrong. Right. Like all their beliefs are completely concrete and sound. And that lack of flexibility allows for no nuance. And it also doesn't allow people to actually talk to each other as peers like, like, like a back and forth. It's yeah. not a conversation. We're talking at each other, not with each other. Yeah, dude, it kind of, you know, if you think about it, I was thinking about, I really think about the word community a lot. I think about how community has changed, you know, obviously through technology, but just through time, just through culture. Community is super different now because of the internet. I think that, that listening to other people's opinions and fighting people's fighting people's opinions versus yours, we're fighting people in China versus our opinions over here, and it's like, man... Everything is so, it's so different that it's dissolving the word community. We're getting confused about what community means. Um, I think that it's going to be kind of important. I think like the small town community is going to be a little bit rebirthed. Um, and I think that it's super important. I think that instead of seeing, you know, I, I'm all for like globalization is not, not the word that I want to end that sentence with, but I think that we should, I, I do see, you know, in, in, a, in a future, I do see us as being, um, I don't know, I, I guess I'd like to daydream about us being like Earth, like we are the species of Earth mm-hmm. rather than just like all these subdivisions. But I think that what's happening with technology, what's happening with all this marketing, with all this lying to us, with all this, what the fuck is happening in all the world of social media and technology is dissolving communities. And... um Okay, let's just touch more on that. Let's let's round about that. What's your opinion there on communities and, and how how it's been changed and a little bit taken from us? Like in accordance to the internet? Yes. Uh, well, so ironically, the most powerful tool for communication is to evolve communication to quite a large degree. Like you don't. We did that. It's allowed us to just split into our little corners where yes. everyone agrees with us. And then we just build more radical ideas mm-hmm. and we use different language. So now we can't communicate with other people. So we've now created a language barrier inside of our own language that we both yep. speak. But we're really connected. But we're really connected. But are we really? No, we're no. not. And, and you can never understand attention either because people can't emote. They can't use right. facial expressions. So you can't tell people are attacking you. So like right. if one person asks you a question and you feel like it's snide and it's it's a front and they don't want to know the answer, they're just attacking you, oh you will God, yeah. always respond to this like it's an attack, even if somebody's actually asking you this question. So this just, you get one bad egg, and now all these people are just repelling each other because any genuine way that people try to communicate from the other side is looked at as an attack because someone already did that. So your defenses are always up. Right, and sometimes we're fighting things. We're like, what are you talking about? I didn't even know that situation existed. So, of course, I'm not prepared to fight against it. Of course, I'm not prepared to posture against it. And then, again, posturing, even just getting put to where you have to posture to defend yourself against an idea that you've never had. What the fuck is up with that? Yes. That rips us apart. It's unfortunate. And we're also looking at these people like not people. Right. Because we don't even use this same language anymore. We could be arguing about the same shit. We probably have all the same problems. These are your fucking neighbors. 
Right. You know, you're just fighting them on Twitter. I mean, not quite literally, but it might right. as well be. Like, these are just regular people. Like, we're all uh-huh. suffering to some degree. Uh-huh. Like, society is all weighing heavy on us. Right. Unless we are billionaires, like, we are just all eating dicks. Uh. <laughs> so. <laughs> I, I don't know. That was just the one. But. Lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. You said dicks, and I laughed because I'm immature. I think that that communities, man, are being ripped away from us. And I think I was thinking of this weird. Um, it's I have this bad habit of throwing analogies places where they don't belong, which is hard to solve problems there. But I was thinking about I like comparing humans to apes all the time. And so I think we've talked about this before. We talked about like if you imagine a phone being a pacifier, like if you so take it take a pacifier out of a two-year-old's mouth they're gonna cry they're gonna say i want it back this Mm -hmm. is the same like you want to be safe in the cave this is evolution this is how we work right well we now have uh uh, the cell phones as the same thing as the pacifier but anyway so i was thinking of an ape imagine an ape with a cell phone and then you give a fucking lion in africa a cell phone and now they can talk cool communication we're all connected but they're having different conversations they don't speak the same fucking language they're different species this is what's happening like yeah we're all humans yes we are all uh, one and this is super complicated fucking paragraph there to go into but I think that we have so many different levels of intelligence background culture we shouldn't just be like this is your community now talk up with this apes and lions on cell phones yeah dude it's a it's a massive problem I really think and I'm tired of fighting with people actually I don't really fight with people but I'm really tired of watching other people fight about stuff that they probably agree on yeah, if they were if they were face to face and there was just one person to be like, "Hey guys, come on, like let's just think about you didn't really mean that." If there was like one moderator and people were face to face, a majority of these things that people are arguing about on the internet and on the news and shit would go away. Yeah, well, I think the the just talking heads with corporate agendas telling you what to think and be angry at other people is really just a big ploy to not make you think about how there's a just a whole overarching system that is fucking all of us. Mm-hmm. I mean, because mm-hmm. that's just really what's happening. Like, if we, if, if corporations can make us mad at each other, we're gonna buy more stuff and not question anything. Right. But if we gonna be mad at the one percent, if we can actually, like, the the most powerful thing any government could do that is going to do tyrannical things is put the people against each other. Right. And not together. Dude, it. And we just they, we, we're just letting it happen too. And the problem is. We pick teams, and then we listen to people talk who are just very radical, and then we take their ideas, and then we spit them at each other, and we don't. There's no, you're not talking to this person to talk to them. You're talking to them to posture, and you want to win. You don't want to talk. Right. And winning is not helpful here. Winning is the craziest concept. That's what all, I mean, Cap. it's just a result of capitalism, but it's, it's, we think that conversations and debates or maybe we think that every conversation is a debate and it needs to be one. And it's like, dude, these are people in your real life community. You're fighting this fake community that the internet just told you that you're in, but then you, you get so caught up in that that you forget like, oh shit, oh yeah, I have a real life. Like, oh yeah, like I have neighbors who actually exist and mm-hmm. are more than just Republicans or Democrats. Like we, we, we get this constant shit fed to us on the news and all the stuff that it keeps us locked in. To these terrible positions and we think that's our personality it's tribalism shit yes it's so easy to flex to on people like for the for people that want this to be like that it's so easy to enact because it's just a natural state of being mm-hmm. it requires a lot of extra thought to 
deny the tribal behavior and we all have a little bit of it oh, like definitely. i'm i'm on some teams i am oh yeah i mean i'm i'm just I, an I'm ape looking with the cell phone every, yeah see that's I'm, I'm looking for them every day to make sure that's like oh this one's cool this one's awesome i love this one this mm-hmm. is me and a bunch of my dumb friends fucking hanging out and playing super smash Bros. and drinking beer that's a cool tribalist thing that i do mm-hmm. but like you got to watch out for these other areas like oh i was kind of acting a fool i was kind of acting apey right mm-hmm. you know you get that group think and then all yeah. of a sudden you get a bunch of people holding tiki torches marching in dc yeah Dude, it just like happens that fast, dude. Once you get that big group thing, people start doing really radical stuff. Uh-huh. Crowds have layers, even. We, we we touched on that earlier. Like, I don't know, man. People act differently when, when they're in crowds. And I think that this false... Like, when you're talking shit about Republicans on your Facebook, <laughs> you think that you have all of the Democrats behind your back, but you actually just look like a dipshit. You look like an asshole. So... Man, I I don't know. I mean, I guess I can't say that. That's not always just because you're talking about. Again, let me clarify. Just because you're talking about these things or political doesn't mean that you're an idiot. But the political whole race is just it's been man, it's it's way worse than if you're in the whole thing and not outside of it. I think you might have trouble seeing how messed up it is and how the thoughts that you're throwing at these other people aren't yours. You know, like it kind of makes me mad, frankly. You know, there's people that I love who are their thoughts are what they've read on the internet. Like, like they're doing things that I know them to their soul. I know them in their heart and they're doing things that don't, don't interact mm-hmm. there. And I'm like, dude, I know you, I know who you are. Um, and I just think it's unfair. It's, it's not fair. I, I think that a good cure for that is obviously taking care of your mental health, but just dude, don't like watching the news, 24 hour news all the time at your work or at your place of business at your home is not healthy. You don't need 24 hour news. It's not news. It's feeding you stuff. Just getting mad. Yeah. Here's one of my favorite examples of this. So stereotypically Republicans are religious. Okay. The Bible is a book that says to like, there's like a welfare state and to help other people and be very charitable and just be very nice to people. And all these people are people and we should treat them as such. They're Mm -hmm. no better or worse than you, but all their political opinions do not align with this book. So Uh you've got these two pillars of who you are and they're just as contradictory as they physically can be. It's like, I can't make a concurrent worldview for you. Like, I don't know what you believe because Uh it's all contradictory. So I literally can't even talk to you. Like I, Right. There isn't at no point in time where I can ever extrapolate your worldview because it's just not it's not one. You just it doesn't make sense. So I can never right. meet you anywhere, and it's very hard. Well, how do people realize that they're doing this? Like, uh, they th- don't. Th- this is the biggest thing. Is I think that what we're discovering a lot of times is like w- when you point it out, they feel attacked. Uh, yeah. I mean, th- there's got to be you know that's something that a podcast like this is great because I want to work on ways that we can have these conversations and help people not just talk shit about them, of course, mm-hmm. obviously. So I'm always trying to like... I wasn't trying to poke fun. That's just something that I've noticed. No, you, have, you absolutely yeah. weren't. No, no, no. I, I just wanted to be clear on my end. Just I'm not just trying to like throw everybody who d- deals with politics into some sort of bin. I just think that I want to make sure you and I know what subject we're talking on, mm-hmm. but I want to make sure that a listener knows also. So. Yes. No, I just think... But, but a huge thing that I do notice that is going to be important is podcasts like this stuff like this people who what, what i have noticed is a lot of people talking about the right is really loud and the left is fucking crazy mm-hmm. like the and these are just broad the left the extreme left or whatever well that's what's like happening those are like the squeakiest wheels right those mm-hmm. are the ones that gets attention so we think that like that is the left and that is the right but like there's also people who are just like i'm just trying to live 
and like I don't care about any of that, but like let's figure out what the what the best way of mm-hmm. doing all these things is. So um, what what I've been hearing though is that a lot of people who are maybe sort of left or maybe like they don't care about all the the fanatics. They're just trying to like live, um, but but they don't have conversations like this. Yes. They don't. We're afraid to have opinions. That's what I'm trying to narrow down to. Um, and if you think about it, everybody's super afraid to have opinions. I was looking this morning at my Instagram, which I've been all over again lately. I'm totally like addicted to it again because I've been releasing this podcast. I got to watch myself here. But uh, um, I was looking at my posts and I was like, oh, I, I haven't ever actually deleted posts. Like I noticed the last couple of years, people, they like redo their life. They like delete all their old posts and they just start with like the most recent or they like only delete like one a year or something. I don't know, which is cool, whatever. But I was looking at it. I have 669 posts. I'm like, man, so I'm starting this podcast now. I'm saying I'm representing this thing. And I was like, man, people can go back through and look at me being a dickhead. Like maybe I wonder what the terminology I've seen on Facebook, my memories. Um, I've, I've, I've said N-I-G-G-A on Facebook when I was, uh, I was talking, like I was just writing rap lyrics or whatever. Um, They weren't mine. I was just repeating them from Kid Cudi. But I saw that and I was like, oh my God, like I would be probably like in trouble for for saying these sort of things Mm -hmm. but um uh, man i forgot what i was what i was pinpointing to that but i just think that not being able to uh make mistakes and not being able to talk out loud is making people not say anything at all so i want to again like we started with this i'm gonna fail out loud like i've been a dork on my social media i might have said weird things maybe any of my guests have like i think that not being afraid of someone trying to like bring you down or like hurt you or like insult you or, or ruin your life or hurt your opinion has made a lot of people not say a fucking thing. So I don't know. I think that people need to stand up a little more and be a little braver and take a little more courage and start more podcasts and, and start speaking up about the things that like they think needs healed and start offering ways to heal them. So that, I guess that's kind of what, I, what we're doing here. Yeah, man. Start talking to your neighbors too. See what their problems are. Right. Wave Maybe at those motherfuckers. Them. Wave like, at them. Like, oh, why are we going to spurn the people who live in our community so bad? Like we're so worried about big stuff, but like, mm-hmm. hey, Maybe your old neighbor is just not eating because no one's taking care of him. Like we need to just right. we need to help these people. These are just people just because they don't believe what you believe. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that's the thing is we think that we need to solve all these other big, great, big problems about like all these things way out of our control. But but our house is not in order. You mm-hmm. know, like we I think that if we all stop looking out here for things to solve as much and start kind of just narrowing it down a little bit, like what can we solve here? I'm like. What can I solve in my community? So I'm starting to bring in people around me, you know, and, and you're doing the same. You're like, what? Okay, like I have a lot of information. Um, maybe I don't want to just sit there and argue with a bunch of dudes who think they have more information on fucking Reddit. But what I can do is I can offer people who have zero to, from that zero mark, or people who don't know very much about fitness, whatever it is, I can definitely help them in my community with people mm-hmm. who listen to what I'm saying on whatever. So This harkens back. I'm just going to bring it back to um, <laughs> not being afraid to say something stupid or fail Mm -hmm. and you just need to have good intentions like if you obviously have really good intentions with things and then you do fail or you do mess up and you don't say something correctly or you're wrong which i reserve every right to be wrong by the way if i'm ever wrong tell me go ahead i I would love to talk about it right here i gotta but if you just have because a lot of people just don't have good intentions in the first place There's a lot of bad faith stuff that's happening right now like people are just making points in bad faith just to be a dickhead but if you genuinely really just want to help and you're going to be wrong i feel like the the scrutiny and the criticism is just not going to come and also once people see that you just rock to the beat of your own drum set 
and yeah. you're not gonna I'm not gonna bend the knee to anyone I will tell you yeah I was wrong we can talk about it but I'm gonna just keep doing what I'm doing and I'm not gonna change who I am because you pointed out that I was wrong once yes I'm, I'm fine with being an individual who's wrong in your opinion like super fine with that people just need to stand with themselves more I mean people mm-hmm. often need to have better intentions with a lot of things as well but right. you just need to trust yourself and grow from all these things and just not be scared to put your neck out because in order to progress and see the people around you progress and you need to talk to each other and you do because sometimes you have bad opinions and your friends if you really trust them and they have good opinions they'll tell you when you're wrong mm-hmm. and that's how we learn if you never get to espouse any of your ideas and see them falsified in front of other people right you're gonna have bad opinions that's something that you you and i talk about a lot like you you have a pretty good solid group of friends that you're able to have like intellectual conversations um you also are able to have um, like the the friendly manly banter with each mm-hmm. other too. That's something that like I've told you like I I don't do very well. Like I I've never been I I was raised in a household with a lot of women. I think that I've I've it's just made me a sensitive dude. Like a lot of I never really understood as I was growing up like the punching your that was loud yeah. pun, punching your buddy and in like the the making fun of people thing. But it's funny people who know me kind of understand that about me mm-hmm. and they don't really you know like my friends make you know like it's all this this lighthearted thing. But um. Again, b- back to your friend group, I think that that's super important. Like, mm-hmm. can you talk a little bit about how how that friend group may be different from from someone else's? Oh, uh, so we just don't poop on each other at all, okay. ever. Like, we actually that I think that that manly banter. I mean, you just gotta see caveman style. Like, if they can hold up, like if they're gonna be strong enough to help right. you survive. But we've outgrown that, and you gotta hype each other up because the world's right. hard and it's scary, and people are gonna poop on you. So you gotta right. hype your friends up. But then we also, I spent a lot of time with my brother and his best friend just talking about philosophical points. Mm-hmm. Like philo- philosophy is easily my favorite thing to talk about. And I spend probably six, seven hours a week just discussing things. And that goes to politics as well because it's very generally applicable. But this freedom of thought and speech has allowed me to develop a better co- or a more co- coherent worldview and what I believe and what I don't believe in like ethical state and how I feel about other people, how I treat other people, and it's allowed me to grow a lot. So if you can find other people that are willing to just discuss things with you and bounce ideas and do some research, you're gonna grow a lot as a person. And I personally have, I've changed so much in the last year, just from just having extremely long form conversations about very, very abstract ideas. Right. Well, I, dude, because it, it's cool because it becomes this, you start out of the conversation with me with an idea versus you with an idea. And then before you know it, if you're doing it correctly, it's the ideas that are battling each other. And sometimes you can make a third super idea out of like the intellect that you just put together. Mm-hmm. And I think that philosophy wise, that is like the, the gold crown. Like mm-hmm. that's like what you want. And it's for me too, man, it's, you know, we talk about the same, a lot of the same stuff, but diving into philosophy and then being able to take the things you've learned throw them at the wall of someone else that's of something else that somebody else learned and then together come up with honestly sometimes it seems like an original idea an original like what if this is actually what's happening here what if this is what might happen next what if this is what this person is doing what if this is overarching what's happening here on earth like whatever mm-hmm. it's just super exciting and it's um you'll notice that those conversations fly by and they're so fun and you notice you don't have to stop and think um, these are the type of things that you can replace. A lot of us, you know, we go to Applebee's and we just talk shit about people in our hometown, right? We just gossip. We just pull up social media. Hey, have you seen this newest article? I'm so sick of talking about what recently happened. It's starting to drive me crazy. I think I'm going to lose my mind. So uh, not that everybody has to just talk about philosophy all the time, right? But I'd be willing to bet that your, your friend group, 
regardless of who they are or one of your friend groups has some interest in a lot of the shit that you're like secretly interested about like mm-hmm. bring it up you know talk, talk more about in-depth stuff not about the people nearest to you I almost never find myself talking about small things with my friends ever when we sit down it's always about big because you lift big weights yes that's yeah, definitely that's what I yeah, of course all the small what, what, what the do you mean big stuff what do you mean big ex- abstract ideas so like nothing concrete no like he said she said it's like more oh, of right. a we're talking right. about concepts and I'm talking about just big ideas that don't have an answer and it's just a you get to form your opinions with someone else there and if you have something that's like hey if they really are like comfortable with you and you mm-hmm. are comfortable with each other and they rebuttal something you say because you're not arguing you're discussing like if they're like yeah maybe this point you made this is a fallacy in it and like this is how i think about it and you're like okay right so you learn something and you temper your worldview and then as you slowly have a more solid view of how you feel about ethics philosophy all these like big questions you can just navigate your life better because you have a set of ground rules like this is how i feel about things and this is how i'm going to look at people and just if you don't ever have these conversations you're just going to have this jumbled mess of a worldview where you just uh, don't treat people and do things in a very coherent fashion and you just kind of act emotionally and wildly. Mm-hmm. But if you can center your beliefs and your thoughts right. around just a couple principles or things that you believe to be true in the world, and, you can navigate it better, and, I personally think. I, I agree too. I think that also with that, never making any of them too stern. Um, me personally, I'm, I'm a seeker of novelty. I like just different stuff. I like remaining in disbelief at all times. I mm-hmm. like letting someone, I, I like, in the, so in the heat of a conversation, like if you were a witch, like if you're like a sorcerer and you're like, man, like this is what I do for a living. Like I promise you I'm a sorcerer. I'm not going to invite you over to my podcast and be like, I think you're a fucking liar. Prove to me that you're a sorcerer. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say like, wait, what? That's insane. Like, you know, and, and I'm, I'm being sincere. Like I genuinely want to know like, what do you believe? Can you make me try to maybe believe it? And I don't have to walk away and say I believe it or not. I can be like, wow, that was a crazy experience. As far as my life goes, man, I just want to experience the most incredible, awesome things ever. And so many people, if you just shut up about your own opinions or your own whatever, and you just let them tell you what they think, your life can be so awesome. You're like, whoa. And you could take little bits and pieces. This morning, actually, um, something new to me, um, I'm just exploring like a lot of different stuff spiritually. So uh, I did it yesterday as well, but this morning I, I saged the room. And I put, like, I found on YouTube, a smudging, whatever. And I uh, I was like, let instead of just doing this and, like, standing back and like, so what's going to happen? Huh? I, I really let myself dive into this experience. Like, I knew that a lot of people, it's a very ritualistic experience for them. And so I said, let's let's do this, you know. Like, so I put on the, the correct music, some music that I like that, that was associated with it. I looked up some, uh, like, you know. Uh, chants or prayers to say while doing it and I really generally had like ha- I, I did it by myself down here and I did the smudging and I, I said the the mantras um, and afterwards I went up to Shaylee and I was telling her I was like you know like I feel kind of silly in a way I do because I know that like at the root like I've never done anything like that before I'm not Cherokee Indian I don't know what or that might be a super daft thing to say there even. but um, I will say that allowing myself to experience that whole experience as a human and really just let myself say what if and, and, and remain in disbelief like um, this isn't exactly what I know but I really want to experience this thing if I go into every conversation and every situation like that my life seems to be just this beautiful unraveling wonderful joy map you know mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I think you do the same I think you you remain in disbelief I, I, I think that yeah 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 I, th- I think you, you closely do the same yeah I'm a, uh, extremely skeptical but I 
I'm always there to listen. Because yeah. even if somebody is saying something that is very not not true, just like you know what's false, uh-huh. you at least learn something. You either are strengthening your own worldview or you are learning something about theirs. And you can just, one, you collect yeah. data on people. And it's just nice. And it's nice to know more things. Then you communicate better with more people. And then maybe you can trade ideas better if you can meet them somewhere. I've been really trying to be the silent observer. I really enjoy talking. I usually dominate most rooms that I'm in. Like I just I just speak a lot. So I've over Thanksgiving, I try to say as few words as possible. And I actually learned a lot of things. Yeah. And, I mean, just like small things about people, like how I'm actually extremely uncomfortable sometimes. Right. You're <laughs> like, like, oh, shoot, I'm not talking, and now there's some uh, silence there. Well, I, I mean, it's just I was in a room of people that I just really, really disagree with in a lot of ways. And it was mm-hmm. just very – they just lived their life in such a – opposite way that I do and just watching them just like behave together and talk it was just so odd because I'm usually just dominating the room so of course I would never notice that but I think that people need to start listening more and talking less hmm me first I need to do that definitely and I've been working very hard on it right no I mean that's something that I notice with this podcast inevitably like I'm like oh man you fucking interrupt everybody like all these things you know we of course, you're your own critic when you listen to these things. But uh, it's something that I'm like, oh, man, I thought I was a good listener. But now I'm actually, right? I'm not just assuming. I'm not just like, oh, I'm a good listener. I'm actually taking a step back and I'm listening to myself on a podcast. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, I thought that I was a better listener than I was. There is times where I just get too goddamn excited and I interrupt that person across the table from me. So it's funny, like, noticing what you do, but also noticing what you don't do when you when you just sit there and, and, and let someone else talk. But, but I also think that something that that I um, admittedly have trouble with that I that I work on is when I am in those rooms, when I am, I'm someone who values my time now more than ever. Sometimes I'll sit there in silence and I'm like, there's so many other things that I could be doing right now that I, it's as easy as getting up and leaving this room and going to my home and picking up the book that I love. I could be spending this hour right here doing something that I love instead of listening to someone who I completely disagree with. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how, could you help me with some advice here? Um, how do I practice self-love in those situations? Or not, not self-love, but um, yeah, self-love. But love and um, patience. And, and so so how do I remain in these conversations where maybe I'm not trying to contribute, but instead of just sitting here being like, man, like this person's dumb and, and I wish that I was doing this thing that I really want. Like how can I enjoy my life when I am in these situations? Like let's say a holiday event. Mm-hmm. For for example, this isn't a personal experience, but just say anybody who's at a holiday event, they're listening to people that they don't really want to listen to. How do they just sit there and not just be annoyed? I This might be a little dehumanizing, but I really like to look at all circumstances like this as a utilitarian, like from a utilitarian aspect, as I'm just collecting data on how people feel that I don't agree with. Mm. And um, maybe you can learn something from that. I mean, it's like a social experiment. Like, let's just see. Let's just see what these people are going to say. Like, this is something I don't get to hear, and it's important to hear that. Mm. And whether you think it's completely false or not, it's just good to listen. And maybe you can, if, if you can learn anything from it, it's helpful. Yeah, I, I think battling everything that you think is false will leave you quite exhausted. Mm-hmm. I think that, that just just sitting there and let people have their conversation is, is pretty important. But it is, it is frustratingly hard sometimes. Mm-hmm. Oh, start thinking about stuff. Start, That's important. Start thinking about stuff. What do you mean by start thinking about stuff? No, just stop barreling through your life and just experiencing things in a head in a headlong fashion, like a cannonball of habits. Like just mm. take a step back, look at stuff, 
question everything. Like, why am I doing this? Why do these people do this? Why do they feel this way? Where that? are they G- coming give from? Give me an example in your life. Like, where do you stop in your tracks? Um, I guess it's, that's, hey, a, that's a good question. Hey, I, have, I have a couple that I do. Uh, I have a couple that I, so for example, I started writing with my left hand. And you'd be surprised mm-hmm. at how often you go. You reach for a door handle with your right hand. You don't think about reaching for a door handle. You, When you say, I'm going to get inside the house, you just walk inside the house, right? But slowing down even these little things, I started using my left hand. I started noticing, like, oh, I do this thing in this way. What? Um, even small things like that, but just uh, <laughs> observing what you do and, and look, taking an outside look. Like, after you say something, if you're mad, be like, wait, what just happened to get me mad? Was Am I red in the face because I was just yelling at someone? That's kind of weird. Um, do you have any other things that you that you do that are kind of like that? Just consciously try to observe people and yeah. the situations around me. And when people are saying things that I just don't think are true, I like to think about why they're saying that. Not instead not, of not instead of fighting the truth. Yes, just, like, just okay. like how did they come to this conclusion? And that helps a lot for you not to be angry at this person because it just humanizes them. To some degree right. well and just like little habits that you have if you could just take note of them like hey why do i do this like is this something that is helpful for me yeah you just do a bunch of shit that's not helpful for you i mean i do i've got terrible habits we do a lot of stuff that's not helpful for us yeah but but you have to add that little flag in the ground and just just by noticing is the thing i have this um i uploaded a video to youtube two days ago actually um that was uh Oh man, it was on the, oh yeah, it was on the maze. So it was on, kind of on, um, or no, not on the maze, on sand, sorry. Uh, so I had this story where me and my friend Will Heidler, we were walking through, I don't, may have already mentioned this to you, we were walking in the sand and we were having a conversation, a good conversation about philosophy or something just awesome, I loved it. But uh, we started like picking up speed because you know when you're walking through sand, it's just like trudging and it's mm-hmm. kind of hard and you kind of just walk like a dummy and start walking fast well we kept noticing that as we're having conversation he would be like oh wait slow down we would start kind of like falling into the sand like you're kind of like you're not really having your own slow momentum of walking right you're kind of like this step is just to catch yourself because that last step was kind of sketchy mm-hmm. so you're you're leaning forward right you're leaning forward into your life you're having this conversation blah blah, blah and you're going and you're walking on the beach and then once in a while I'll do what my friend will heidler said and he's like wait hold on slow down and it's funny because like my posture would change i would stop leaning forward i would i would look back i'd put my chest out my arms back and it's like it would almost stop me like oh yeah let's let's walk slowly in this on this sandy beach because i'm i'm having a conversation with my friend it's a beautiful day we've had a couple drinks we've had a smoke like it was a wonderful time but we kept getting so caught up in like the momentum of what we were talking about that it pulled us out of the present moment. So you got to be in the present moment having conversations about these intricate subjects, not being these intricate subjects fighting each other, mm-hmm. right? So I think a lot of the times we accidentally try to fight the truth or try to prove to the other person what the truth is rather than learn about their truth and then teach them about your truth and see how that works out together, you know? Just slow down. Slow the fuck down. Slow down. Pick your head up when you're walking too. Stop looking at the ground. Yeah. And people do that a lot. Yeah, put your they get chest the, back. the hunched shoulder, staring at the ground. You know, there's, that, a, there's a whole world. Why don't you look at it? Yeah. So, th- so that's something that, honestly, that's one of the more huge things, which I don't want to dive into now. But next podcast we can uh, mention on is posture. Posture is something you have wonderful posture, and I remember a compliment you gave me. You hadn't seen me for quite a while, and I was doing better. And you saw me, and you're like, "Man, your posture is supreme." You see, you gave me a compliment about it because my posture was not good before, and I was like, I didn't. 
I was very depressed. Like it was hard to deal with. Um, but it's funny, like now that I'm not depressed, my posture has regained. But I, I will say that I actively work on my posture every day. And it's something that I think really is there's there's some science behind like the depression part of that. It fucking helps. So there is one of my biggest pet peeves in all of people now is bad posture. Because it's just as like such a physical embodiment of a lack of confidence and just like you're just hiding from the world. Right. It's, it's something you can change. Then just stand up. Mm-hmm. Like open up to the world, look at things, and it just—it's obviously—it's just not aesthetically pleasing either. Right. And I know what's bad for you too. Like as a trainer, I'm, that's my biggest thing: is just sit up, right? Stand up. Well, so so something that I I had to start doing it like when I was in private. Like so, every time that you're in your car, when you're in all these locations, because sometimes you know when you're if you're not a confident person, if you if you're thinking about killing yourself and you're walking across a bridge, you're not going to be like, let's put my chest out and stand up straight. But you're going to be like. But but I will say that will eventually come and on that bridge as you're walking. You're not going to be thinking, I want to kill myself, if you just continually feed yourself with good thoughts, right? So when you're by yourself, when you're home, when you're working, there's nobody around, and you can be a little bit more confident than in public, you give yourself like, oh, hey, let's fix your posture. All right, good job, buddy. And just you noticing, reward yourself for noticing. Oh, shoot, cool. I thought about my posture three times today. Good job today. Good job, Frank. You're awesome, Frank. Cool. And then those things add up, and then all of a sudden in public you can start walking. So posture, crazy important. Um, I'm, I'm a huge fan of posture. I want to talk more about it in the next yeah. one. But. And you're going to feel silly poking your chest out. Like, I probably look silly, but oh yeah, I don't care. What? It's better for me. Who, Stand wait, up. Who cares? Wait, so your life is, it's more important for someone to think that you look silly than for you to care about your life. Like, so that's what you're making a choice. If you are saying, I don't want to do that because it looks silly, you're making a choice to let someone else choose your own posture for you and in turn that stuff really does uh, affect your your physiology and, and your biology posture man there's a good fitness school to start with just work on your posture for a month Ooh, posture. it's easy you just yeah, stand all day man like might as well roll your shoulders back pick your head up whenever you feel like it what's your um is, is that kind of your because i have like a couple little clicks that i do that w- will end here but i have a couple things that i'm like oh okay when i think of that that gives me posture is that yours like look up roll your roll your shoulders back is that the little uh, that shoulder happens? blades in your back pocket shoulder blades up real in your back tall pocket. and then um put tuck your hips under your body so you get this butt wink you know like that mm, in the, the instagram right. fit girl butt thing and her spot their lower back is like really winked out right yeah that and is her butt looks super good but it's actually just horrible for your posture so yep. if you look at your hips diaphragm and then tongue as like all bowls oh right if they aren't aligning with each other, your posture's off. So your hips need to be directly under your diaphragm, and your your tongue needs to be directly above your diaphragm. Right. And then roll your shoulders back in line with your ears, so you're standing perfectly vertical. Right. Yeah. It's so so it's funny when you think about these little things. You again, you realize how often you don't think about them. Like how often do you think about your posture, listener? Probably never. It's either my posture sucks or I need to work on my posture. It's the most. But if you it start inserting into your day. Like two times a day, three times a day, four times a day, hundred times a day, all these little like oh, fix your posture. So, um, you know, heart over your head. What is it like? Uh, head over pelvis or something. Mm-hmm. There's like uh, me. I like lifting with my back body or grounding with my back body, lifting with my front. That's something that I say to myself. I got that from Yoga with Adrian, who that's my girl. Uh, she's on YouTube. That's actually a good one. There's 30 days of yoga that you can do, um, and they're not incredibly difficult. They're free. They're 20 minutes. Um, those helped with my posture. Um, yeah, I, I think just having these little phrases in your head to help with posture, I think that's a great place to start. That's one step towards being mindful. So if you want to be healthy, 
I mean, this 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 is a place where I would want to do do anything to help people be healthy mentally, physically, anything. So start there, you know. Yeah, and you you're awesome, listener. I love you. Have an excellent uh, day. Yeah, you are awesome, listener. Wherever you're at in your car, this is Jacob Rines and my friend Spencer Hicks. We sincerely mean, and we hope we we hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. This is the end of the Junkyard Love Podcast. We'll see you later.